welcome to the S Talk podcast. This is season one, episode two. And today we are going to talk about uh, all the stuff that you do after you get engaged. So, the first episode, we talked about everything leading up to the engagement, how to talk with your partner about it. And right now, we're going to talk about um, exactly what happens after. So, I'm your host, Liz, and with me is the wonderful co host, Jesse. Hey there, everybody. How you doing? Um, so, just like Liz said, uh, we are starting to think about all the things that are going to, you know, coming down the pipe in the next couple of months. Um, and we're, so that's why we've called this episode Getting Started. Or in other words, so you've decided to get <laughs> married. Um, and one of the first things um, that my co-host Liz was thinking about was, okay, I've got a million things to do. Um, I've got people to think about. Um, I've got people to invite. Um, maybe I should get some help with this. So one of Liz's first decisions was, I think I should get a wedding planner. Um, and it's definitely one of the first things you should really get thinking about. It's probably your uh, number one item uh, when you decide to get married. Because if you're, I don't know, if you just have limited time, or maybe you just don't like planning in general, uh, this might be the smarter option for you. Yeah, so for me, um, it was a pretty easy decision. I I knew that I wouldn't have a lot of time. I was working full time. I was going to school, so I didn't really have much time to dedicate to doing all the research and the prep work going into the wedding. Um, so I knew right off the bat that I wanted to get a wedding planner. And, and on top of that, I mean, for me, I wasn't someone who was super interested in going to all those, like, the trade shows, all, like, the vendor sampling things. Like, um, But they I, give such good cake samples at they, those things. They do, but it's just so, it's just, it's a full weekend burned away. Mm-hmm. They're super busy. I think they cost money, too. They do. Um, and for me, I, I'd much rather have someone do all that research for me. What I did also was ask friends, Mm -hmm. um, to give advice or just tell me who their vendors were that, like, when I went to their weddings, uh, that helped a lot, actually, with a lot of my research. Um, but for me, what I did was I went online, I did some research, um, on some wedding planners, read some reviews, um, sent out a couple emails, and I think the first wedding planner that we contacted, um, we met out. We met, and I think we had like a really good rapport. Um, my Alex and I went and met her in person, and I thought she was great. And we pretty much just signed the contract the next day. Um, and for her, like we thought that she was very open and honest. Uh, she seemed really on top of things. She got really good reviews, so I read some testimonials from her. Um, and she seemed like someone who really generally cared about wedding planning. She was mm. also. Um, a project manager in her past life, so you could tell that she would. That's so yeah. funny because I sometimes think, you know, wedding planners are essentially just project managers yeah. for a very particular like group of um, clients with a like basically an end date as yeah. well. Yeah, and she was like she was very good at pretty much even project managing me mm-hmm. and my husband like things like she would ask us like hey like have you signed the contract with this vendor yet or have you paid their deposit you know she had the list and it was like pretty much check mark check mark check mark she kept asking um alex he's like okay you know have you got your tax yet have you got your tax yet clearly he had not but which she- i think must be kind of nice because like some some in some regard you don't want to always be hassling people hey yeah. did you do this yet hey did you do that yet 
And I mean, I just want to weigh in because like when I was Liz's um, maid of honor and she said, by the way, I got this like awesome wedding planner. Part of me was like, wow. So what do I have to do? And I got to say, I was like personally a little relieved. Um, I think for others who don't have wedding planners, like the maid of honor and the bridal party defaults to like having a lot of, um, I don't know, decision making with the, with the bride, right? Little wedding planning parties. Um, and really the bride delegating a lot of these tasks to her bridal party. Um, so I think when Liz said, Oh, I got a wedding planner. Part of me was actually really relieved because I didn't, I know like, I like weddings, but I don't necessarily like all the decision-making in weddings yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And, that, and that's fair. I think, so, you know, definitely if it is within your budget to get a wedding planner, um, their prices vary, but they How are, much are they, actually? So, I think that they range from, like, so a full wedding planner can be anywhere from, like, three to $5,000 okay. Canadian. Um, so, it's not cheap. Like, it's a chunk of your budget, but... Um, if it's something that where, you know, you're time strapped or you don't necessarily want to do all the research yourself mm-hmm. um, or if you, you know, if you're like me and kind of overwhelmed and be like, well, like, I don't, I have no idea where to get started. I don't know the list of things I need to consider. I don't know, you know, the timelines of when you need to do things because it pretty much like she pretty much laid out. It's like, okay, by this month, you should have had done these things. And she kept on top of it. Because otherwise, I would just let things slide, and then next thing I, you know... It's... I can attest to Liz's decision to get a wedding planner, because I remember <laughs> one of the first things she started asking me about after she got engaged was, Jesse, what's the difference between an engagement party and a bridal shower and a bachelorette? And I started laughing, and I was like, okay... So we're starting from the basics here. Because yeah, you were just like, so do you want these things? And I'm like, they're not the same thing. Like, I thought it was just this one thing. So I think for Liz, it was like the perfect decision, right? Because um, I don't know even how many like man hours it would take to research. Yeah. Just like basically research yeah. a lot of this stuff, right? Well, the good thing was that it, it kind of, the way the wedding planner I saw it as it allowed me to be kind of at two places at once. So if I said, you know, um, I wanted to see, like, can you evaluate some of these vendors or give me quotes? She would do that during the day when I was working. So by the time the correspondence at night comes back, I could have all my options and like think about it. So it saves a lot of time. And then if I said, okay, well, I like this vendor. She's like, great. So she'd message them the next day and things would just get done a lot. Sometimes I feel like if I liked a wedding planner, I would get addicted to the planner. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, that's just having like a personal assistant all the time. Well, that's pretty much it, right? Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, honestly, I think I'd get addicted. I think I'd be like, hey, so-and-so, I have a meeting next week and I need to help help (laughs) meal prepping. What should I make? Boom, decision made. You know, I just think in the long term... You can get addicted to having just somebody always yeah. be on top of things and remind you to do things. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if wedding, like a full wedding planner isn't something that, you know, 
you you think you need one thing that you might also want to consider is the day of coordinator so excuse my ignorance but uh what is a day of coordinator it's basically um a person they're usually wedding planners themselves but they're there for the day only so they're helping you out through the day to manage any um any emergencies that would that would happen or just manage the flow of the traffic and all the events so they're just kind of uh they're they're making sure that people are where they're supposed to be at what time and everything they're not really helping you out with anything before like any of the vendors planning or selection or anything like that but they will be there during the day to make sure you know you show up on time the groom shows up like the flowers yeah exactly so it's like a lot of logistics it's a lot of the operations right yeah um and i knew that like from some of the weddings i attended to i saw the day of coordinators getting into action and I saw that they were extremely like super helpful so uh one example I went um to a wedding a few years ago was that I think it was like it was super warm and the groom needed um an extra shirt because like it was just it's just warm and like and he was like sweating through yes it. exactly and then usually you'd be like oh my god yeah like, you're scrambling your- to find someone who has an extra but the day of corner like knew where that extra shirt was and just grabbed it and everything like it was just like smooth um and then another thing a day of coordinator could help you with. So what, during my wedding, um, the venue messed up the seating beforehand. Oh, did so, they really? Yeah. So I didn't know about We didn't know about it because we were upstairs getting our makeup done and everything. Mm. But Alex found out and he was like, I didn't tell you until like after the day. Because <laughs> I didn't That's know. That's a smart man <laughs> there. Was, like, he was you like, married a smart <laughs> man. <laughs> He's like, so your wedding, our wedding planner really worth it. Um, what happened was that the the venue so we had arranged the seats so that you know um like families up front and then just like the certain order of the tables uh they set it up backwards so it ended up being like all the close family all the way at the back Mm. of the hall um and all the not like all the table arrangements weren't in order so uh alex was kind of freaking out at that time but he said right to our wedding planner who um he's like hey like it's completely messed up she looked she's like oh yeah and she had like she had everything right she knew exactly how many people were sitting at table number like each table oh where they're supposed so she and like she was like she was like got it like don't worry like tend to your guests we'll get it done they fixed it within like i think she said like 20 minutes and because they had to not only it's not just like moving the numbers around it was more like um, each table had different number of people per seat, so they had to reset all the tables with the stuff. You know, I mean... And that's what a day of coordinator does. I think it, for me, I don't think I would go with a wedding planner, and I think it just has to do with, like, my vision for a wedding is um, probably different from what, like, other people would do for a wedding. Like, Liz had a lot of moving parts. Um, she had, like, a beautiful venue... Um, a lot of guests, and a lot of, like, cool moving parts. Like, you mm-hmm. also had your video game tournament, yeah. right? Yeah, So there was a lot of small parts to that. And I think maybe for others who just, you know what, I just want to show up and get married and then have a meal, and that's it. Like, that might not necessitate, or maybe actually would necessitate a planner if that's the kind of thing, you, like, you really don't want to think about. Mm-hmm. Like, just having a day of coordinator to help you with last-minute emergencies. Yeah. Like, when someone spills wine all over yeah. your dress, right? Yeah. Um, so it sounds like for you then, Liz, it was totally worth it. Yes, it was for me, it was definitely worth it. All right. Um, so, you know what, you've decided to go ahead with your wedding planner. Mm-hmm. Um, did she actually help you pick a date? Um, not necessarily, no. 
So because I'm thinking it has to do with once you start to pick a place, yeah, and a venue, and you have to kind of make sure that everything aligns. So we kind of want to talk about you know, for some people, picking a, um, a special date or spe- or picking a specific season mm-hmm. is super important. Like I think for a lot of girls when they're like younger, they've always envisioned um, like a spring or summer wedding. Like there's always that. A, pre- a ethereal June wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone always wants to get married in June. Liz did not get married in June. No, I did not. So I knew I wanted um, a fall wedding. So that also, so with that, um, because I got engaged in January, I wanted a fall wedding, which left me maybe only 10 months to plan the wedding. More of the reason why I needed a wedding planner. Um, so I, for me, I knew I wanted to do in the fall, the summer, it was a. I, I don't too think, afraid of like the heat. Yeah, My gosh. for me it was a the heat. Um, I think there were weddings where like just people like the, I'm just imagining like the groomsmen not feeling comfortable because they are just in like tuxes and just layers of clothing. Um, I remember being in one wedding or yeah attending one wedding where they really needed to start the ceremony like pretty much right away on time because the bride was just overheating in her like in her dress because mm. it was outdoors um i didn't want to deal with any of that or the bees yeah i've been to an outdoor wedding actually where there were a lot of bees everywhere and everyone was getting pretty uncomfortable right exactly. because well there's nothing that anybody could do about yeah. it right so and we even had that bee incident right remember with my bouquet what we were trying to oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so like it's it's all that stuff um that i wanted to minimize uh fall you had super nice colors it's pretty um also, budgetary like reasons. Is it cheaper in the fall yes. as well? Yes. Like starting after what month? September, October. I think around October ish. So I got mm. like a three thousand dollar discount on the venue. Wow. Because it was in the fall, so it's like low season. Uh, which I was like, yeah, that's fine. So it sounds like low season is probably going to be April. Yeah. And October. Uh, like I don't October know. To yeah, April? I don't know about the spring. Definitely the winter is like super low season, yeah. right? And. The fall, you just get much more availability. Things aren't booked as like um, as fully booked as they are. Because I think if I wanted my venue during the summer, I probably would have had to wait till the following till the following the year. Following and year. some people just you know what it's like oh, depending on what time of year you get engaged, it's yeah. just not feasible no. to actually get married during the season. Um, or the month that you want, because you just don't have enough time to yeah, plan for it. Exactly. Um, or there's just not enough availability. Like, well, I know for some people, um, they're like, oh, I always want to get married in June. But if they get engaged a little bit too late, they, you know what? They'll be totally fine with waiting a whole other year so that they can get the perfect month yeah. that they want. Yeah. So did you always, like, want to get married in the fall, or was it just, like, what made most sense? Uh, I think for me, I, not always, like, it, ideally it would have been in the fall, um, Probably just it's the heat. <laughs> I just did not want to deal with it. So any Liz of that. also never envisioned a destination wedding on a beach because I could picture her just no, melting. It would like, physically. I would melt. Like I would burst into <laughs> flames. <laughs> I think though that like the one other thing I will say would be um, the fall is I think perfect for people who are more heat conscious. Uh, budget conscious but I feel like the weather might get a little dicey too then right were you ever worried about the weather uh yes yes so I was pretty much obsessively checking the weather pretty um like every day two weeks leading up to the wedding I think we got we got super lucky because I remember the weekend after my wedding it was 
freezing and it was raining. So Alex and I were like, oh, thank God. Like, if right. we, we missed so it's it like by just, that one week. Like, if you missed it by one week, because we were also like taking pictures outside, yeah. right? I always think, well, what would we have done if we had to take pictures and like the freezing, windy right. rain, right? right? So um, that's always going to be a risk that's there. That's not really controllable, but you just have to you have to just make do with what you have. But um, I got very lucky, so mm. I'm super thankful for that. Did you book everything, like, as soon as you got engaged? Or did you, like, kind of source it out and then decide, oh, well, fall makes sense? Um, so, so thinking about the date, actually, um, we... We consulted with our parents because we're we're Chinese and they have these like auspicious dates, so they consulted like the calendar. You know, you do your whole. What do you mean they consulted? There calendar? is okay. There is a Chinese almanac that set like that. It kind of pretty much lists out like if you're you know if Liz is born on this day at this time and Alex is born on this day at this time. These are the good dates for them to get married. To get married so that they'll basically be forever. Yeah, together. like, yeah, supposed to be, I don't know, good luck or something like okay. that. Um, I mean, it, it kind of worked out. We were like, we want to get married on this day. My mom checked the calendar. Alex and mom, they're like, yep, that works. So, <laughs> so what if you had picked a date? Yeah. Like, because let's say um, your, um, your venue said, oh, we have this one date left available. Yeah. But let's say your mom said, Chinese Almanac says no. Yeah. What would you have done? I don't know. That would have been... It's a hard call, That was eh? a hard... That would have been a hard call. Um, I probably would have went with the, the date that was available at the venue. Just because it makes sense, It's just because right? it makes sense. Screw um, the Chinese Almanac. Yeah, and there were also, at the time, I think, different interpretations of the Almanac. Um, I think, like, one said... Our, that date wasn't good, but then the other two said it was good. So, like, it was, we would, you basically kind of cherry pick. Honestly, at, least, yeah. at least that's what I did. I don't think that's. So, I mean, for some of our listeners um, who are Chinese, you know that Chinese people love the number eight. So I remember, um, what is it, for 2008, it was, like, apparently yeah. a super, super busy year for people to get married, yeah. right? Um, and this year, 2018, August, is I like think it's another huge, popular yeah. year for people yeah. to get married. Uh, one of my friends is getting married on, I think, 04, 08, 18, because the numbers just looked nice. Oh. Yeah, so it was like, I don't know if it was in the Chinese almanac, like an, an auspicious um, date, but... So actually, we originally wanted to get married on the 28th of October. Why? Um... Oh, because the Chinese right, number? the Chinese number, but also because it would have been, like, mine and Alex's 10-year dating anniversary. Oh. Um, but then none of the, like, none of the dates or the venues really aligned, and but then, and we're just like, okay, fine, that's fine, we'll settle for, like, the 21st, so, and then we talked to our parents, so, like, yeah, do not get married on the 28th, that's a terrible day to do it, and it's funny, because it's, like, lo and behold, um, that day, that that weekend after it was like raining and freezing the entire day so, we were so like, you guys got super lucky yeah then. so we were like oh thank god <laughs> you guys got married i remember on a saturday um yeah. in october yeah um it was after thanksgiving yeah so i appreciated that actually not booking it on thanksgiving weekend yeah like i actually really appreciate when people don't book their weddings on like big holidays like thanksgiving or easter mm-hmm. or christmas like it's just we appreciate it yeah so please don't do that don't be a dick don't book your wedding on, like, Christmas Day. That would not be very nice. Um, but 
something like I think that you must have investigated when you were looking at prices was the significant price difference between getting married on a weekday versus a weekend. Um, And this is something that I had always kind of guesstimated. Oh, yeah, I Mm -hmm. guess weekends, you know, are more um, desirable, so Mm -hmm. they would be more expensive. But when I actually started looking at the difference, it's, like, very significant, actually. it's huge. So, I mean, you probably did some price searching. Like, you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about what that price significance is? Um, yeah, so it's, it depends, but, like, what a lot of people do now, Friday weddings are getting super popular. Right. Um, A, because of the cost, but then I think B, um, it allows, people see it as a way for, okay, if you really care about the couple, you would you'll actually, actually take, you'll the, day take the day off. You'll take the day off to, um, to attend the wedding. And I think culturally, some um, sometimes weddings, like, you have it for, like, the full weekend. So a lot of Friday weddings apparently are now getting really popular. So when you say, like, for the whole weekend, like, you get married on one day. Oh, like, Friday and on the Friday, Saturday, and, and then the Saturday is, like, the big dinner. The big dinner, yeah. And then maybe Sunday is, like, the, uh, yeah. the cultural dinner. Yeah. Um, also another option is uh, I've been to a wedding where the ceremony was held uh, on the Friday and then the reception was held on the Saturday. Uh, That's actually not a bad idea. No, it's not a bad idea. For people who, like, do have, like, certain, um, I don't know, they they don't want everything crammed into one day that's, like, super stressful and, like, we have to stick to this timeline because we have to get to dinner by this time Mm -hmm. because we want to avoid rush hour traffic, right? So I feel like it might make sense for some people. Yeah, it makes sense for them. Um, And also some people do it because the venues don't line up. So right, you right. the church or whatever on the Friday, but then they I still... Wouldn't, you would never do the reverse, though. That's the only thing, right? No. You would never have the dinner before you actually get no. married. No, Unless you secretly get married yes. and then have a ceremony afterwards. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! We actually did get married before. Um, but yeah, so some people... So the one where they, they had the ceremony on the Friday, it was nice because they actually got to have dinner afterwards just with the immediate family and you know, all the, the wedding parties. So they had to, like, they got to have a very, like, intimate celebration afterwards, and then they got to have that big party. Um, also gave them more time to do things like the photos and all, like, right. the tea ceremony. So they didn't feel like they had to, like, rush, No, basically. because the, the day is such a big rush. Um, it's pretty much a blur. If you ask me about thinking about my wedding, I was like, I don't remember. I still wedding. remember the morning of your wedding when you were getting ready and you hadn't eaten anything. No. And I was like, Liz, what do you want to eat? Um, because one of the groups then was going to make a McDonald's run. Um, and I was like, just, just get me eggs. Just, just get me eggs. And so I said, okay. Um, and then basically later what came to Liz's, um, plate in front of her was I think they ordered one of those like big breakfasts yeah. with no sausage, <laughs> no egg, mi- no, sorry, no, no muffin, uh, nothing. It was just extra, extra eggs. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think you even ate it because you were just no. so stressed out well, about like all I was, the stuff. So I, I was, my makeup was getting done. So this was, I don't know, like seven in the morning, right? Yeah. Um, and then the hairspray ended up getting all over the eggs. So I couldn't <laughs> yeah, that's anyway. why you didn't eat them. <laughs> but I mean, I think for a lot of brides, like, it it's just like you said it passes in a blur yeah right? i mean for anybody part of the wedding party you there's so much anticipation it passes in a blur and then it's over yeah um so maybe the, for some people and actually i think i would consider actually splitting up 
um, a wedding over an entire weekend. And I mean, I I have to say, it probably would suck for some people who want to attend all of the events, and that's an entire weekend gone for them. Um, So I would be like super conscious of that. But I think the reason I would do it is I would maybe do the ceremony one day, um, the wedding dinner the next night, um, and maybe like a big Chinese cultural dinner like the following night Mm -hmm. after that as well for you know, all the aunties and uncles that you have out there that maybe don't want to come and eat, like, steak and chicken. Like, so for our listeners, just, you know, some people, um, and we'll talk about this in a future episode, the dinner, wedding dinner, wedding food, not enjoyable. So for Chinese people, they actually have their own banquet celebration, and it takes up an entire night. There's a lot of Chinese Mm -hmm. cultural celebration events that happen as well. Um, And this could easily be stretched out over an entire day as well, right? Um, so up to you guys one day, split it up, whatever makes most sense for you. Um, the next topic we actually want to talk about is the decision of, okay, so I want to get married, but do I get married in a church if I was brought up Catholic, Christian or whatever, or do I just get married, you know, somewhere else, maybe like a destination wedding, or maybe I want to get married in a park. Uh, maybe I want to get married at just like a regular venue and have like one of those um, ceremony, and then wedding reception dinners. So um, Liz decided to get married in a church. Yes. Um, part and parcel because, A, like, both our families are, are Roman Catholic, and we uh, we were brought up Roman Catholic. But at the same time, but truthfully, like, I, I did feel a lot of the pressure to get married okay, in the church. Okay, so... Before you, when you were first thinking about it, yeah. hmm, do I get married in a church or not a per- church? Like how, what percentage would you say I need to get married in a church? It was pretty much like in the, like the high 80s, 90s. Oh, percent. really? It was, you know what? It would have been, it would been a showstopper on my in-laws side. Oh, I see. And you obviously didn't want to upset them. Yeah, and I just... You didn't, I didn't even want to go no, there. No, I did not want to go there. I was like, fine. My, you know what? My parents would have been like, it would have been nice if Joyce got married in the church. But, but they wouldn't have held no, you No, they wouldn't because I think for them, they saw some of their friends um, have their children get married outside the Catholic church and they're like, okay, if... If they can, like, tolerate it, I can. <laughs> then I can tolerate yes, it. Yes, exactly. I won't be, like, shamed if, yes. I, if my daughter doesn't get exactly. married in a church. Um, also, like, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law got married in the Catholic church, and my brother-in-law, like, converted to, like, a full Catholic. Like, so they did that. Wow. Um, so I was like, okay. Like, the least I could do is just get married in church. Did I necessarily want to? Uh, truthfully not. Like, I'm, I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore, so it just, like, it didn't feel, like... And I mean, and that's, that's the thing that I think I struggle with and uh, maybe others do is like, you're raised Catholic, you go to church every week, um, you go to Sunday school, you know, you join a fellowship and you have other friends that are Catholic and Christian, um, but maybe you just kind of fade away from your faith. Maybe, sorry, not to say fade away from your faith, but you just don't go to church anymore. Um, there's still that kind of nagging question that like I would still have in the back of my mind to say, well, I guess the right thing, you know, is like, I really should get married in a church. Um, but I think at this point, I would be like 50-50. Yeah. I wouldn't feel like I have to get married in a church because I was brought up in that kind of culture and environment. But I don't think it would be terrible. Like from uh, like a Catholic Christian perspective, I think it's the symbolic meaning of getting married in a church would be more important to me in the decision rather than actually like the... Um, 
the Catholic ceremony. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's nice to get married in, like, the house of God, so to speak, but it wouldn't be, like... I don't know, a decision killer for me if I couldn't find a church exactly. that I liked. And um, so we, and it's funny because, I, like, there are other people that I've talked to who also, like, were, like, felt the pressure to get married in the Catholic Church. It's um, a Catholic guilt, man. It like, is. Like, it really nags it at is. you so many years later. You know what? Now that you brought this up, I, I realize, I think I know why my parents didn't, like, didn't really pressure me into getting married in Catholic Church because they got married. So they were, they were raised Catholic, too, from like, from childhood, but they got married outside the Catholic Church. Oh, And then really? they went back, and they went to their priest, like, Father Lady, we got married. And they're like, what? You got married? So you have to get remarried yes, in the church? Yes, they got a shotgun Catholic Church wedding. Like, no way. Like, the weekend later, and it was literally my parents, and then, like, like my So they moms, got married like, twice? Yeah, they got, they had, like, the, you know, the official, like, or I guess their first secular wedding. Right. And then they had, like, a small church wedding by small, I think it was like my mom and my dad, and then like my mom's sister, and like this is fascinating. Else. It was like it was like oh we have to make this up. It's like more the priest like, was like oh I have to marry you okay like because you did it outside you did church. it wrong. It's like I can see the priest saying it. You did it wrong. You'll go to hell if you don't get married here within like the next seven yeah, days. Let me do it now. Let me do it now. Um, so I think that's why my parents are like that's fine. Like. <laughs> Well, it's funny, when I asked my parents, like, a couple months ago, oh, so how would you feel if I didn't, you know, get married in a church? They were actually totally cool with it, which actually shocked me, um, because Mama and Papa Wong are actually pretty, like, I would say they're pretty religious, like, from 1 to 100, they're like 80, 90 um, in terms of religiousness, and all their friends' as all their friends' as kids have gotten married in churches, so I thought, okay... All right. Of course they're going to say, yes, you have to get married in a Catholic church and do the marriage prep. But actually, they were pretty cool with me not doing it if I chose not to do it. Um, so I still haven't made that decision as to what I would want to do someday. But, um, I mean, I think also i got to say part of my decision of getting married in a Catholic church is the uh, the whole marriage course thing that you have to take, oh, the marriage yeah. prep. So those of you who don't know yes. that if you decide to get married in a Catholic church, um, and I, I can't, I'll be honest, I don't know if the same is for like um, Christ, Christian churches as well, but you have to go through an entire marriage prep yeah. course that is like mandatory. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what you had to do for your marriage right. prep. So we had, um, so if you get married in a Catholic church, you have to take the marriage prep course. There's like two options you can go down some churches have their own marriage prep course that they um that they facilitate that takes place over like several um like weeks so you go to like two sessions a night or sorry like um two nights a week and takes about like a month okay i gotta ask you how many hours is this in terms of like altogether marriage prep course i don't i can't remember is it more than like 20 yeah around there like less than 50 yeah less than 50 for sure like because it like it's a weekend i would say probably around 20 you guys need to do like a a getaway night too yes so so what happened was when we talked to the priest the priest was like oh okay normally you're like priority wise you're supposed to do like the the ones that take place over like the course of a month because you get more out of it things like that but he's like but because um there aren't enough couples this year to register for marriage you're gonna have to do it um outside in this place uh near like 
Mississauga. That's like a retreat for a weekend. I was so like, it's like a shotgun wedding prep course. Yeah, it was. It was Man, like a, it was a mom, cor- it was like... it was a course cram. Like, <laughs> um, Alex and I were like, yeah, okay. Like I, like I, we prefer to get it over and done with over like a weekend. Can I ask what did the priest talk to you about? Why you had to do this? Um, yes, in a way. Well, it's more like it's more to prepare you for. For life after marriage. So it was, you know what? I thought we would be thumped over the head with the Bible for like an entire weekend. It actually, Adam and Eve. Yeah, it was, it was not that. It was very much about um, talking, like forcing, forcing the couples to have some of the conversations that you may have put off aside during the course like of your finances. Life. Exactly. So right? there was a whole section on finances. There was a... Um, there was a section on... Oh, how to raise children, right? Yeah, things like that. Or, um, you know, truthfully, I think finances was the biggest one that they taught. And they, it, it's not like they went over, like, this is how you do your taxes or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it's more like, okay, have you been, op- like, you know, open and honest about, like, how you both will... How do you think, like, talk about how you both would manage your finances. And it w- they were very private conversations. So you'd... So it's not like there's a priest in the room No, you. you're not, you're not... Confession No, style. you are not group sharing. Like, what happened is, so we went to this retreat. Um, I think there were about, like, maybe 20, 20 couples there. Um, and then there's, like, sections. So, you know, there's the... And every section, you get some of the, um, the people talking, like, they have these couples who have been married for a while, so they come and they give you um, advice or lessons that they've learned. And then there's like a brief uh, section where they give you advice or what you want to talk about. So there's points that you want to talk about. You take some time to reflect. You write down your thoughts. And then, so like at that time when you're reflecting, writing out your thoughts, you and your partner are, are split up. And then you kind of retreat back into um, your room and then you talk about those items. Like it's more like, okay, have you, you know, have you thought about how, you know, you're going to manage your your finances together after you're married? It's forcing a lot of those conversations See, to happen. I think when people first hear, oh, um, I have to take, like, a Catholic church marriage prep course, it's kind of like what you first envisioned, you know, just getting thumped over the yeah. head with, like, Bible verses um, and Bible sharing. Um, but it sounds like it was actually very practical, sound it was, advice. It was much more on the practical side than it was on um, the the religious side. Um, for me, like I think it would have. It's good for couples who didn't necessarily know each other for a long time. I mean, truthfully, um, it went well. It went very smoothly for for me and Alex because we were. Like, we were together for so long, so that essentially not a lot of stuff surprised us uh, with our answers. But um, a lot of those couples that we met, so we used to talk about times changing, people dating. Like, a lot of those couples actually met online. Oh, really? So they may not have, like, had that, like, experience or time together to really talk about, like, like, how are we going to split the cost of a mortgage, mm -hmm. right? I think maybe about 30 to 40% of the couples met online. Like, they were like... And it was like, yeah, only like, couple. Yeah, like, and it was like, it's, it's, it's shocking at how, like, 
dating has changed over the last like 10 years because mm-hmm. so many people it's just it's normal now there's no maybe, stigma about meeting people online and dating people online it's more like oh yeah of course that makes sense like of course we met online by the way guys in our next um season season two we probably will be talking all about dating yes um so stay tuned for that I'm because we totally excited. want to talk about online dating um but one of the last things that we wanted to kind of finish off this podcast with was um, the decision, and this kind of ties into whether you're getting married in a church or not a church, mm-hmm. is some people need to make the decision about maybe um, I need to think about who's going to marry me, right? Is it going to be a priest? Um, is it officiant? Or maybe it's a friend or a family member. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just at least allude to uh, my favorite one of my favorite Friends episodes where Monica and Chandler ask Joey, one of their best friends, to actually be their like, officiant. And... The reason for that is they wanted to be married by somebody um, who knew them very well, right, and could speak to them as a couple. And I've always kind of kept that idea in my head. I'm like, that would be really nice, mm-hmm. right? Like, your wedding is supposed to be one of the most special days of your entire life. Um, and so maybe why not choose somebody to actually marry you? Um, one, of my, my, one of my friends, Thomas, um, his brother recently got married, and their dad married, actually, his brother and his wife, um, so I actually don't oh, know. Yeah. So I don't know how that actually works. Like, I don't know how you can become, I don't know, licensed, so to speak, to become an officiant. Um, I know that you can. Um, but I, I think it's like a nice option for people who um, would prefer like a more, like a more intimate, smaller, unique wedding, right? Is to get married by someone. Um, obviously, if you're getting married in a church, your priest is your default. But I think for others, maybe if they're getting married in the church that they've brought, uh, they've been brought up in, getting married by a priest that's known you for many years is also like a very special, mm-hmm. unique thing, right? Um, but let's say just today I decided to get married in a church and I found a church, I probably wouldn't know the priest that well. And I think it would still kind of weird me out a little bit to go, here's this man I've barely like met for a total of like four hours and here he is pronouncing me like husband and wife. I find that a little bit weird. Yeah, like so funny that you say that. So we had picked a priest um, back when we just got engaged. So early, earlier in the year in the um, the winter, but by I think the spring, the the whole church went through like a reorg, so to speak. So all the priests were pretty Can you much fire a priest? no i i think they they all moved on to different parishes how about okay, how about okay, that okay. um and there was a new group of priests coming in and there was only going to be one that was left that was actually there all like there all along but um at the same so our priest switched and um which for me it was fine i, I wasn't too concerned about that aspect uh but it was true how you said like they didn't really know us because they like the the second priest was not there for like the time when he talked to us initially about getting married um he wasn't the one who told us about the options of you know going um going to the marriage retreat we Mm -hmm. didn't we didn't um do all the all the official documentation with him you know he just kind of was there we just checked him was like okay is he still gonna like is he still gonna be there uh and then even leading up to the rehearsal day like he had no idea who we we were. Like he was actually I feel like there's the opportunity to actually create an app here about like 
getting to know you, yeah. find somebody yeah. to marry you. And it's almost like a, like a Tinder or like a Bumble. It's another but for, service. It's another service, but for officiants and yeah. for priests to be like, hey, I would be great at this because I get to know the couple, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm actually really, as we're, as we're talking about this now, I actually am starting to feel, um, I don't know, I think it would be really nice to be married by someone who really knows you as a, oh my God, Liz. Do you know where I'm going with this? Maybe I'm going to ask you to officiate <laughs> oh, my marriage. That would be awesome. Um, and here's the other thing. Like, officiants don't have to be males either. Right? No. Like the thing with priests is you're going to get married by, like, it's going to be a male priest. Uh, with officiants, it can be anyone you want, right? Yeah. It can be a friend, um, like I said, a family member. Um, so I think it would be really special, actually, just for me to be able to say, hey, this person is, has been with me for so many years, and I want them to be part of the special day. So, um, so that's it yeah, for that our part. current uh, episode that wraps things up. Um, and on to next time. Yeah. What are we going to talk about next time, Liz? I think next time we're going to start actually getting deeper into the wedding planning process. So Ooh. things like how do you split up the cost? How oh, many well, people? How many invite? people do yeah. you invite? How many people do you invite? Um, which is a yeah. glorious topic in and of itself. Um, who do you invite? You know. Who do you invite? Do you invite like your best friend from college who you haven't talked to in five yeah. years? Um, do you invite do you, coworkers? Do you do invite you, like your neighbors that you see yeah. like every once in a while? Um, what about your parents' friends, right? Like how many of them do yeah. you decide to invite, especially if cost factors into it? Yes. Okay. So we've got a totally packed episode coming up next time. Um, all right. Looking forward to talking to you guys then. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.